welcome to the Diocesan Digest, a news outlet for the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. I'm your host, Sarah Smith, coordinator of media. In these short episodes, we will share the latest news, ministry stories, clergy, spotlights, and much more about the Diocese of Oklahoma each week. If you or your congregation wants to share a ministry story or other important news item, or even a particular topic you want to see covered on the podcast, please contact me at smith at epiok.org. Before we get started, a few announcements. First, this Saturday, June 29th, at St. Paul's Cathedral at 11 a.m., we will be ordaining six folks to the diaconate. If you're around, please join us in these ordination celebrations and festivities. On July 27th, we will be hosting the Liturgy Leadership Training at Church of the Resurrection in Oklahoma City. Registration is on our website under the events calendar. Also, our wonderful formation directors will be hosting a multi-generational family weekend at St. Crispin's summer camp. So come spend a few days away with your family where you can get away from the craziness of life and take part in all the awesome activities offered at camp. And lastly, mark your calendars, folks, for the Bishop's Lecture Series, which is on September 13th and 14th. This year, we welcome the Reverend Becca Stevens, the founder and president of Thistle Farms, a movement dedicated to supporting women survivors of trafficking, prostitution, and addiction. This week's episode features the new ECW president, Sherry Sullivan. Sherry and I chat about why she loves the church, her involvement in the ECW, and the complexity of the ECW status in the Diocese of Oklahoma and beyond. Sherry and I are both passionate about women's ministries and growth and leadership in the church. It is always a pleasure to be with her, so I hope y'all enjoy this chat. Here's Miss Sherry. So Sherry Sullivan, thank you so much for joining me today on the Diocesan Digest. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, like where you're from and what you do for a living? Yes, thank you for inviting me. Um, I'm a lawyer, a family lawyer. I'm born in Oklahoma City. I've lived here my whole life except for college and law school. I grew up at First Presbyterian and came went to Cassidy for two years and was familiar with the prayer book and came to um, St. Paul's with a friend when I had been church shopping because I couldn't find a place to hook into in my mid-twenties. And I fell in love with St. Paul's before I fell in love with the Episcopal Church. And it's been home ever since. What do you appreciate about the Episcopal Church now? I mean, you grew up in a mainline Protestant domination, so it's similar. I mean, we're all kind of have threads of, you know, liturgy and things, but what, what have you grown to love about the Episcopal Church specifically? It's hard to say, but I do know that I had taught Sunday school in the Presbyterian Church when I was in school, and I'd made the mistake of telling somebody that, so I started teaching Sunday school at St. Paul's literally a month after I was confirmed, 
And for a couple of years, I was a Presbyterian teaching Episcopal Sunday School. And one morning I woke up and I was an Episcopalian and I don't know how it happened. But for me, it's the only game in town now because the sacraments are so important to me and the freedom to ask questions and to wrestle with issues. Um, so I guess it's the, the intellectual freedom and the spirituality are, are both so important to me and it's the only place where I found both together. It's the sacraments are just different in the Episcopal Church than in any other Protestant churches and I'm not about to be a Roman Catholic for a lot of reasons. It's <laughs> awesome. You know that I actually took the LSAT and thought I was going to be a lawyer? Yeah, like I, I have that, I think the skills to be a theologian and a lawyer are very similar in terms of like the, the intellectual, the critical thinking, the arguing, um, but now I've shifted a little in my, my career trajectory, but um, so yeah. Let's talk about ECW. You were just elected to be the ECW president, which stands for the Episcopal Church Women. Tell us a little bit about how, what your involvement has been with them and who they are. That's a big question. The Episcopal Church Women, as I understand the history, were, was pretty much set up when women were not represented on vestries and they were not re represented at National Convention. And Triennial was set up as sort of a separate, not quite equal, but, but a, a separate animal. And we've changed. Obviously now women are on vestries and they're delegates and involved in everything as well as, as being priests. I still think there's a place for women's ministries. I have stayed out of diocesan ECW liter, uh, leadership until just now because nobody else wanted to be president. Um, but I felt it's important to make a decision whether to keep the ECW in Oklahoma or not to keep it and not to just let it die without a decision. So we plan to start a sort of an area, some discernment meetings and work with some people and really try to figure out what's what. National Episcopal Church Women, as I understand it, has a fairly complex structure. We have uh, triennial every three years which meets and we have we're part of province seven and then we have our in theory we have our regional meetings for the Episcopal Church women in the state and then each congregation may or may not have a group of Episcopal Church women it's my understanding that if you're female or say you're female that you don't get to opt out of being a member of the Episcopal Church women but many churches have different ideas about that and apparently some of the some of the groups of women in some of the churches have different opinions about considering themselves part of the Episcopal Church women, and it's my understanding that some of the clergy have different opinions about whether the women in their congregation should be part of the diocesan Episcopal Church women. But I'm just sort of sticking my foot into this and and trying to learn. For me personally, women ministry women's ministries have an important have an important role in my life. I think there are a lot of things that can be accomplished. And the last time I was ECW president at St. Paul's was many years ago when all of the social justice uh, outreach programs basically reported out to the ECW meetings once a month. And that was the time that 
the organizations heard from each other, and even though there was a lot of overlap in the people, it, it was a time that all of that came together. And of course now, men and women are pretty much doing everything, maybe not equally, but um, everything is open to everybody. I still think there's a place for women's ministries, and there's this incredible structure in place that I'd like to see if there's some way we could make accessible to to the state Episcopal Church women as well as the women in each congregation. And that's something that I've been um, very concerned about since I started coming to ECW meetings, I think in the fall of 78, 77 or 78, and I got more involved in the 80s, but there was always a disconnect between what was happening in the leadership of the Episcopal Church women and in the congregations in terms of the women in, in the pews knowing what was going on just in the state and certainly with Triennial. And I don't mean to be negative, it's just it's hard. The, the model doesn't really lend itself to to reaching the end, excuse me, I have not figured out how the model lends itself to reaching individual women, and I would like to see, with the help of a number of other men and women, see if there's a way that we can make that accessible and use this really incredible structure that's been in place for a long, long time. Because to me, it seems like, and I don't know a ton about it either. I mean, I've been in the Episcopal Church for about six years now, and I've always wondered what the ECW was. It, I mean, it seems awesome, a group of women who are highly organized, and or at least highly structured, there's a structure in place, and this history of, of getting women involved, because we weren't. Like, that's beautiful and wonderful, and we need to, like, have that and remember our history, right? Um, but I think there's a real opportunity here in the wider church that you're kind of pointing to is, like, how can we use this for greater good socially? And I, I'm thinking already um, about some projects I want to talk to you about at some point, um, about using this great network of women in the church to do really good things in our communities um, and to be a group for social change and to advocate for those less fortunate, um, to really be like the gospel on the ground, right? Um, but how? what are other ways you could think of like to engage more women in the con in individual congregations I guess there are many congregations that I have observed which have very strong ECWs and they even call themselves ECWs and are self-sufficient and really have no interaction with the diocesan ECW for me personally the annual meetings and bishop days have been really important experiences. I've probably attended more than I haven't since 1980. And many of them have, probably all of them have changed my life in some ways, um, from fixed hour prayer with Phyllis Tickle, um, learning about bridges out of poverty, um, just and everything in between. Uh, a lot of uh, different theological ideas and, and really inspirational people and, and being with people, not to mention the fellowship of being with women, a small group of women from my church with, with women from, from other churches. It's, those have been very important to me. But when we come back to St. Paul's, 
we don't always do a good we we never do a good job of sharing that experience partly because there's just not a real a very good vehicle to do so how about engaging younger women Um, because obviously I'm your perfect you know person I'm mid-30s I'm relatively new to the church I love all things women's empowerment you know I love you know feminism the whole deal and seeing women in leadership in the church like yes I'm like I want to get involved so make I guess what I like what I want from these CWs like what like a, a mission statement or a purpose of what we're doing together um I'm sure we have a mission statement and I didn't <laughs> I didn't bring it with me but I'm not sure at, at St. Paul's uh for 60 something years we had St. Nicholas Guild and we still literally exist um, but we did the assemblies and which was a sort of ballroom dancing dancing lessons um, and manners and um, it was a fundraiser for us which we used for children's ministries at St. Paul's and other places around the world and around the state but it also kind of kept us together and, and it kept it going until we finally gave up on it for a number of reasons and during that time St. Nicholas Guild was a really good way for women with children to become involved with each other and to work together to to raise money and to spend money and to to be involved actively involved in ministries particularly concerning children it was a way for me to um, gain leadership skills and and for other other women too and to get younger women involved in church leadership at an earlier time than they might otherwise. I'd like to see something like that throughout the diocese, but we don't know how what that's going to look like yet. We're hoping that we can meet together, a, a group of us um, meet and discuss this and see perhaps what's working in other states, if something's working in other states, the ECW really has to, to change or move on. And um, I'm hoping that we can figure out a way to change the ECW. It's, it's been such an important part of my life and such an important part of many lives that I've seen at St. Paul's and around the diocese. And the friendships and the relationships with women around the diocese are very important. And you don't get that by going to convention once a year or even you know, serving on committees. It's, it's, it's a different ongoing year-to-year relationship. And for those of us who avail ourselves of, of the diocese and ECW activities, it's, it's really important. It's just very hard to translate that back to the women who don't come and the women who don't come to convention, uh, to annual meeting, or to the retreats. I personally love the retreats. I'm one of the 20 some odd women who come to the retreat twice a year but as I say it's every woman in the diocese is invited and you know 15 you know Episcopal women you know and a few of their friends come every time so we hope to figure it out I do not have the answers I I didn't take the job knowing that I had a solution but I took the job so that we could 
try to figure out a solution. You have, you're talking about some other women in the diocese. Um, so how does the structure work? So you're the president. Are there other like um, officers or folks that you meet monthly or quarterly? Or how does it work if, say, if someone wanted to get involved? How would they go about it? And how's the structure work? Okay. I'm, um, I, I haven't technically been on the board of the ECW, even though I'm supposed to have been. But again, nobody else volunteered for this. But uh, there are officers. There's the president and the vice president and Christian ministries and church periodical and, of course, the secretary and the treasurer and um, many, many offices. And the meetings are, I believe, at least quarterly. The, that's the just the officers of the of the Episcopal Church women, and then we have the annual meeting in Bishop State, which takes a lot of planning, and we try to make it a very special event for the women who come as delegates. And then we also sponsor the retreats, which Mother Deborah pretty much puts on twice a year at St. Crispin's. We also have region regions, and we have regional. We used to have regional representatives for each region. We don't right now because every region hasn't chosen to send a regional representative, and every region doesn't have regional meetings. Most don't right now. I believe the Northeast region may be the only one. Sometimes there's an Oklahoma City regional meeting. I don't know the answer to that. We're, we're going to try to explore that, but we do. But we do have a structure. We have the state offices, and we have the annual meeting and the retreats, and then we have the regional meetings, and then we have each each church, which does its own thing. And some some of the churches deliberately don't call any kind of women's groups Episcopal Church women. Some call them Episcopal Church women, but are self sufficient and don't have anything to do with anybody else. And I, I know a lot of women feel that any kind of women's organizations, or particularly like the ECW, has, has basically served its purpose. And there's no point in doing that since women are doing everything else in the church. At St. Paul's, we have a lot of parties and fundraisers, and, and we've had a president in the last few years that basically had us get together in, in fellowship and, and a lot of fun. And that's been great. We just haven't been as involved in diocesan, excuse me, as a as a St. Paul's ECW, we haven't. Individually, there are more women from St. Paul's who participate in all of the diocesan activities than probably everybody else combined. I mean, we're just, they're, we're, we're really the majority, I think. Because we've had the history with the ECW and, and we care. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I know each church has struggled to involve younger women in ECW, and that's been the perennial uh, goal. It's just hard to figure out what what younger women, what any women of the women want, and how to how what kind of needs we can meet, and what kind of special things we can do. And again, for me personally, I've been very involved in um, a lot of women's spiritual activities through the Diocese of Oklahoma. I've been involved um, in starting a women's interfaith group, I don't know, eight years ago, and that's been important. I do think that there's a place for women's ministries, and there are things that we can do together that are different from mixed groups, if you will, but I don't know how many other people think that and how to share that. 
I think you're just being real. And I've wondered that too, even as like a millennial and as people my age are really into equality and egalitarian relationships, we're not seeing, especially in the Episcopal Church, where women are in, can do all of the sacraments of the church. Um, not to say that there isn't still issues of sexism like any other institution, but um, but I've, I've often wondered that myself in parish ministry, like, do we need a men's Bible study? Do we need a women's Bible study? Like, do we need to, like, separate the two? Is that helpful? Because I've seen it not be helpful in other denominational um, experiences I've had. But um, I do think there is something, though, to having, like I said, ECW feels so much like a networking group, like an intentional coming together of women to be for women helping women. And I'm always, I think my, and I, I hate to speak for my whole age group but I you know my friends and the people I hang out with like I'm for these types of things I think there's great value um, not that we're trying to be exclusive but just to lift each other up because we do face different types of issues in life and it's just let's be real it's harder we're still not getting paid equally right so I mean there's still real legit things happening for women that that maybe if you know you're a male identified person like you just don't know what it's like you don't know what it's like to give birth I mean like you said women with children like there's special you know differences that need to be addressed and, and given more support right mm-hmm. um especially that you know child raising you know statistically lands way more on the mom so to me it makes perfect sense why this group exists and should continue to exist um so I'm I'm excited to get to learn more about it as I you know have come back to my home and to be in this diocese my home diocese and start I just got my letter for aspirancy so I'm thank you so I'm starting the process and I'm I'm in it you know and I'm, I'm really looking forward to working with you on different projects that could perhaps bring some new energy and some new ideas to the ECW because I, I see great potential and great value um, so I'm, I'm excited any any other last thoughts or musings well, just will you enjoy, will you, will you please join our discernment group? <laughs> yes, I would love to. Yes, 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 yes. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Be sure to sign up for the Diocesan Newsletter at our website, epiok.org slash newsletter. And follow us on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date on what's going on in the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. See y'all next week, and peace be with you.